0: Thank you for listening to the Passion Church Podcast. Our mission is to help you win by living a genuine Jesus-filled life. If you are ever in Cameron, Missouri, come and see us and join the Passion Church family. Visit our Facebook page or our website at passionchurchmo.com to find out more about us. Mark, the 10th chapter. We're going to start with verse um, 42. And I'm going to read out of the King James, so it has the these and the thous, so so stay with me. Verse 42, but Jesus called them to him, speaking of his disciples, and saith unto them, You know that they which are accounted to rule over the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and their great ones exercise authority upon them. But so shall it not be among you, but whomsoever will be great among you shall be your minister. Or if, I don't know if you write in your Bible, but you might write right beside that word, the word servant. Because that is what is actually being translated there. Shall be your minister, your servant. So if you want to be a minister in the gospel of Jesus Christ, understand you're a servant, you're not someone to be served. You're someone who should, should serve. So take a look. And whosoever, verse 44, of you will be the chiefest. In other words, if you want to make it to the top, then you need to be the servant of all. Verse 44. And whosoever of you will be the chiefest shall be servant of all, verse 45, for even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister, and to give his life a ransom for many. Now this comes just before the healing of blind Bartimaeus. And... Jesus is trying to get his servants to understand and to end the arguments. If you want to act like the world, then you can do it the world's way and try to claw your way to the top of the stack. But if you want to do it God's way, you get to the top by serving those who need you. And you, by the time you get to the top, you've forgotten all about the top and you don't even want to be a part of the top. You just want to be someone who serves the Lord Jesus with all that is in you who could say amen to that. So in the book of Matthew, uh, the, gospel dis- the, the gospel of Matthew makes Jesus a king. The gospel of Luke makes Jesus the man. And the gospel of John makes Jesus God. But the gospel of Mark, the gospel of Mark makes Jesus a servant. So although Jesus never once touted his lordship He neither denied it. He was God. He never denied that he was God. He never denied that he was sent here on mission by the heavenly father to carry out a godly mission upon the earth. To bring heaven and earth together and to bridge the gap between man and God. He never denied it. He was the God of creation. He was the son. Of God, the only unique one of a kind son of God. Yet he only focused his mission upon what he could do here on earth. He didn't set out to be pleasing to the father to build a name for himself and to build a kingdom for himself upon the earth. He said, no, I do what I see the father do. And I say what I hear the Father say, and that is my assignment. He didn't come to puff himself up, He didn't come to be great. You take him and stand him in eternity. He's the greatest individual of all time. Yet he didn't come to the earth and tout that in front of us or flaunt that in our face. He came and humbled himself as a man, as a servant unto men, that he might rescue men, that we, the prized creation of God, could be reconciled back to our heavenly Father. His mission here on earth was to bring reformation to a corrupt church system how many knows when the church gets it wrong we get it wrong big Big sometimes church mistakes are far worse than what people do in the world sometimes so he came to bring reformation to a corrupt church to call back to repentance those who had become disenfranchised and disillusioned by the church and these things happen on a regular basis Because people get their eyes on people and not the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we get our eyes on somebody other than our Heavenly Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, we get ourselves and set ourselves up for a great disappointment. I'll get the word out. We set ourselves up to be disappointed greatly because how many understand that there's nothing good in man? And apart from Jesus Christ, we can do nothing And so if if man is flawed in all of his ways and in need of a Savior, then to put your eyes upon a man or upon a system or upon a people will only serve you up disillusionment and disappointment. Are you still with me so far? So Jesus is sharing with his disciples something that's kind of counter-revolutionary, I guess, or a revolutionary idea. Counter to the the normal thought processes of how things progress. In the world, and he's teaching them that in the world, and he uses the word Gentiles, in the way that the world does things and in the systems of the world, you claw your way to the top to become somebody. But in the kingdom, it's not so. In the kingdom, you become a servant because God sent Christ to come and serve us. And Jesus, being our example, has given us the understanding of what it means to to help someone else. How do I help somebody else? Well, I don't help them by touting to them all of my accolades and all of the things that I've done and all of my education and show them all the certificates that hang on my wall. No, I, I help them by getting down at their feet and washing their feet in a moment of disappointment and heartache and, and, and trial and trouble for them. Now, that does not mean that we don't hold people accountable. That does not mean that there's times that we have to use a tough love and speak straightforward and be honest with people. No, we must. If we're going to serve people accurately, then we must do it the way Jesus did it. And oftentimes, Jesus was moved with great compassion. But then when he was dealing with insiders, especially insiders, those are those who are already believers in the truth, he oftentimes would deal with them very straightforward and very, very, um, how do I want to say this? Um, well truth on the chin he just he just let him know this is your situation this is what caused their situation and this is how you deal with it this is how you fix it you repent you turn you change your way you stop thinking of self and start thinking of others And this is the heart of the ministry when we stop thinking so much of self and begin to think of others. How am I affecting the lives of those around me? Are my actions something that draw people and endear people to Christ or repel them from him? When I'm dealing with insiders in the house, I'm not trying to draw them to Christ. I'm trying to correct them so they stay on the path with Christ. You understand the line of thinking and where I'm headed. So... I want you to understand that he is bringing reformation to a corrupt church to call back to repentance those who had become disenfranchised, disillusioned by the church, and to train leaders for a spiritual revolution. How many are expecting a spiritual revolution in the Cameron region? We are expecting a revolution, and we have been for some time. The Lord has had this on his mind for a long, long time, and he called you to be a part of what it is he wants to do here. And in order for us to do it, today we get to be the classic example of what it means to become a servant to someone else. We want to serve those who have served our nation. How many believe that they deserve it? How many believes those who put their life on the line deserve a little bit of accolade? They deserve a little bit of honor. They deserve for us. In fact, Jesus said it this way. He says, give honor to where honor is due. And anyone who would would put their their own life on the line and put themselves and their body in harm's way to benefit me deserves honor from me. And so today, yeah, go ahead. Give the Lord and those who have done that, a hand clap. So today I want you to understand that we're here to train leaders for a spiritual revolution by using the very model of Jesus Christ and to commission those leaders to infuse the world with the message of Christ through demonstration empowered by love. Jesus was talking to the disciples. Can I have a bottle of water, please? Jesus was talking to the disciples there. And uh, as he was talking to them, he, uh, he was letting them know that their mission was to so infiltrate the world with the influence of the Heavenly Father through Christ Jesus that, that you seep, is that a good word, that you seep into their life. That by being around you, there's something in you, on you, and around you, uh, the empowerment of Christ who lives within you, the God in you, the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, would seep the likeness of Jesus out of you into them. And by posturing ourselves as servants, it is a humbling thing for someone to serve you. And if someone is serving you and honoring you, it humbles you. It doesn't puff you up. It humbles you. And so Jesus is teaching them the key to winning the world is to humble yourself. Slap your neighbor a high five and say, I didn't think you looked too puffed up when you came in. So Passion Church, pay attention. Jesus has given us our assignment. Turn with me to Matthew. Matthew, the 28th chapter. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. How many knows there's always a doubter in the crowd? There's always a doubter. Here they're seeing Jesus. Here he was crucified. Now he's back. They're seeing him. And even at that, some doubted. All right? So here he is. And Jesus came, verse 18, and spake unto them, saying, and he's talking to his disciples, all power, and there's 500 people at this particular uh, discourse, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in, in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, and teach them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. So in Matthew twenty-eight, Jesus instructs that he's been given power to affect both heaven and earth. He has that word. Uh, that word "lo" there is the word exis. No, that word low there is the word uh, exousia. And that word power is exousia. I'm sorry, I'll get it out. And that word power, exousia means superhuman authority, mastery, jurisdiction, and influence. So let's think about that in that light. Jesus has been given superhuman authority, mastery, jurisdiction, and influence in both heaven and earth. In both heaven and earth. And... He tells us, lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the earth. In verse 19, he says, go, go teach them my commands. So when he sends us out, we're going out with Christ in us and with us and filling us and through us. Who could say amen to that? And so he tells us, here's our mission, go make disciples. Turn those hungry souls into an infectious Powerhouse of change. Now get this. He says, Immerse them in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Immerse them in the fullness of God. Immerse them in all that God is. Immerse them in all that God says. Immerse them in God's character. Immerse them in God's nature. Immerse them in God's teaching. Immerse them in God's compassion. Immerse them in God's instruction. Are you with me? It's more than just baptism and a dip in the water. This is about causing people to become like Christ. This is like teaching people how to become a true disciple in the Word. Look at this. He says, Immerse them, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and influence the world with the greatest influencer of all time, the one with all the authority to bring the needed change into their world. So this commission carries... The promise that wherever you are in your mission, Jesus is there. Think about that. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, Jesus is there. I bind a spirit of resistance in the name of Jesus. Now look at this, verse 20. In verse 20, he says, teaching them to observe All things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. That word lo there is the word edu. And the word edu means to know. He's saying, know that I am with you. Get it in your knower. I'm always there. I'm always with you. You'll never, ever, ever be without me. And whatever circumstance you walk into, you do not have to bend bow or cower because the power of God is with you. But if you come in with a haughty spirit and a wrong attitude, you will accomplish nothing. But if you come into whatever circumstance you're put into with a heart of compassion, with a mindset of a servant, and you look in some way, how can I serve the individual or the individuals that I am encountering in this situation? What can I do to be the most Christ-like in this moment? The Holy Spirit will empower you in that moment, and you'll know what to do, how to do it, and, and, in, and do it in such a way that it is so effective that it will infuse the entire uh, uh, atmosphere with the power of God. I've walked into situations before and and been in the middle of Walmart and the atmosphere changed because I chose the power to follow the Lord Jesus Christ in his command to be a servant and stopped right there and turned aisle 15 into a prayer altar where I prayed for somebody who was in great need and saw as the atmosphere around that person changed. I, when I went in, I went in to buy what, probably a box of Twinkies if the truth be known is what I went in to buy. But by the time I left, I had affected somebody's life for the kingdom, and they left with an infusion of Christ in their life because I chose servanthood. And today that's what we're doing with our hero's honor is we're thanking those who have served and who have humbled themselves and allowed themselves to be a servant for those of us who benefit and reap the benefits of their great sacrifice. Today I want to move on with this. You're to know, do. lo, no, I am with you. It is an assurance. It is a settled issue. There is no question. So in other words, I'm leading you into your mission. I'm instructing you. I'm on the scene with you. Your mission will be accomplished. The first generation disciples turned their world upside down. And history records the moments of the great revival, a greatest revival, the rise and the wane of the tides of influence in the world, and we in the 2018 are pursuing the outpour of yet another great awakening. And the same promise given to the disciples of the first generation still abides with us today, for it is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And we have all that we need to start a revival or a riot wherever we go. And when Christ comes on the scenes, demons tremble. Darkness wars. Captives get free. Disease cowers in the corner. Like the demoniac of Gadara, 6,000 demons cannot stop a desperate soul from coming to Jesus. We stand without excuse because if a man can drag 6,000 demons to the feet of Jesus, then I want you to know that human willpower is greater than anything that traps somebody here in this life. If we'll just stand up and grab it, we can turn it around and all they need is the opportunity when jesus stood before the man of of the gadarenes all that man needed was an opportunity to come to the savior that's all he needed and when jesus feet hit that shore that was that man's moment to finally tell those tormenting demons get out of my life be gone forever i have found the answer his name is jesus are you still with me Mm. So I want you to understand the great revivals of the past have come and they've waned. They've come and they've waned and they've come and they've waned. But in 2018, we're standing on the precipice. We're standing right on the corner. We're standing right on the very edge of stepping off into the greatest revival that man has ever known. And we're about to change and affect our world who could say amen to that. Mm. So you are the promise of this generation. I'm going to let that hang in the air for just a second. You are the promise of this generation. Irene, you are the promise of this generation. Mary, you are the promise of this generation. (laughs) Mm. Anna, you're the promise of this generation. Steve, you're the promise of this generation. Nancy, we are the promise of this generation. The world is waiting on us. The world is waiting on us to, to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. We're so honored today because of those who have stood in the gap for us and did what we could not do or were not available to do. But now it's our turn to bring the same spirit of freedom to the individual lives of every man, woman, boy, and girl on planet Earth. Now, I can't go to Zimbabwe and make a big difference, but I live in Cameron. I can make a difference here. This is the region in my world that God's given me, and so it's my responsibility, our responsibility, to turn our world upside down, just like Jesus, to make him so tangible and real and touchable that people lean in, And some will run when they see you coming, but others will welcome you coming because they know here comes another infusion of Jesus. Here comes someone who's going to seep glory all over my life. Here comes someone who spends time with the master and brings the master to every conversation that we ever had. And though some may not appreciate what you have, I want you to know there are many more who will. And be what God's called you to be. Who could say amen to that? So, you are the promise of this generation, the feet that take Jesus to his mission field, rather by one or by the masses. I want you to understand that he cannot and will not do it without you. That brings me back to our opening scripture in Mark, the 10th chapter, 43rd and 40 through the 45th verse. Jesus is instructing his disciples that we are not here to gain mastery over the world by some tyrannical, hostile takeover. We're here to win the world by servanthood. I don't know if you understand this or not, but many foreign religions try to take over with a tyrannical superiority. Superiority causing their people to bend and bow to the subjection of the wills of men not so much the will of God those whose ideologies are different from the one and only true word of God use fear and intimidation and often depending on them uh, and are often depending on an arduous ritual and legalisms to dominate a people into a mindless collusion I've discussed with people of foreign origin and of religion and found out that they often don't even know what they believe. I have sat across from people, and I won't name those religions, but I have sat across from people in religions that are different than Christianity and asked them what the end looks like and what is all of your effort gaining you at the end of life only to have them give me something that they were so confused about they could not explain. Yet in Christ Jesus, it's all mapped out perfectly. We understand that after this life, life continues on. And it's going to continue on in reward, or it's going to continue on unfortunately. And I know a lot of people don't preach this. It's not popular, but it's going to, it's going to end in punishment for some. Right. And my heart breaks yes. for that. So my whole mission is clear to me to help people not to serve an eternity of punishment. That was never intended for them in the first place, but that they might know the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and bypass that assignment that's been given by the first man, Adam, who bowed his will to a demonic force. Mm. (laughs) You see, one thing I want us to understand today is this. I've discussed with people of foreign religions what they believe and found out that it was nothing but a mass of confusion. But that's not the way it is with us. How many here know what you believe? Let me see a show of hands. You know what you believe. And my posture as a believer is twofold in my mission, and I'm going to conclude with this I want you to get a hold of this today. Number one, if we're going to be the carriers of revival, then we need to study to show ourselves approved. I have to study to show myself approved. I have to work at my walk with God. We need to know what we believe and why and we need to know who we believe by intimate relationship with him so i have to not only study the word but i have to be intimately with involved with my lord through prayer and secondly we must approach people both within the walls of the church and without in the same posture as the savior and what was his posture To be a servant, to make yourself of no reputation, to make yourself available, to make yourself useful for their purpose, and to bring Jesus to them so he can serve them through you. Our mission in this world is simple. Know who you believe. Give him your all. I call it the all out sellout. Let him know he's your everything. Let him know that he is the one and only love of your entire life. That he is number one and the most important person in your life. Then study what his word says and grab his truths and his statutes and make them your own so that his instruction becomes your belief system. And then, love both those people that are inside the walls and those people who are outside the walls. And by doing that, you will make for them a comfortable place to find Jesus. It's comfortable to find Jesus when somebody's concerned for you and they lean in for you. And they bow at your feet to wash your feet. They take you by the hand in Walmart and they pray with you. They come to the hospital when you need them. They're there when you're going through a hard time. This may not sound like ministry, but when they get their cell phone out and they send you a message that says, thinking about you today, praying for you today. These little things of humility can make all the difference in the world for someone who needs to hear a little message of hope for that day. Sometimes we have to stand before a brother or sister and speak the truth in love, and it's not always easy, and it's never fun. And sometimes it can hurt their feelings, but the truth is at the end of the day. When the truth has had time to settle, it's the truth that sets us free. And so in the body of Christ, we never do anything out of a mean spirit. We never do anything out of a get back at you attitude. We do everything by the compassion of Christ Jesus himself, which is to love others as much as you would love yourself. If you would want someone to reach out to you when you're low, then you reach out to someone if you sense they're feeling low, this is how the kingdom operates. That's why Jesus said it's it's easy for a child to come into the kingdom and to understand God's kingdom, because it's an openness of heart and a willingness to believe. You ever watch little kids play? I know sometimes you know they'll get to fighting over a toy or whatever, but oftentimes I see little ones and they'll give away something to somebody else that they're playing with. And that's the same heart that it takes to be effective. We're so glad you listened to this message today. Our goal is to bring hope, encouragement, and help you win, all about building God's kingdom. At Passion Church, we believe in community. If you would like to partner with us in prayer or giving, and send us a message on Facebook or through our website passionchurchmo.com. We'd love to hear how God is impacting your life through this ministry.